Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate. And I'm Jack, and we both work at an online school, MVA. Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And love the sound of our own voices. Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to MVP. Good to be back, Jack. It is. For the uh, listeners, it's not been, a, you know, it's been normal time. It's been a week. But for us, it's been a while because we recorded so many up front. Yeah. Um, you were away. And I know. now we're back doing it again. So it feels fresh. I'm excited. How are you feeling about today's episode, Jack? I'm good. We're, we're doing ethics, right? We're in ethical mm-hmm. debates. Um, so I, it's an area that's always sort of interested me, um, particularly with things like, I don't know if you'll mention it later, but the trolley problem. And, <gasps> that's one of the um, ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it, it always makes me think of self-driving cars because you know there's big, a lot of ethics around that whether the car has to make the decision to kill a toddler over <laughs> uh, two old people, and it has to sort of weigh that up and be smart enough to weigh that up and go and see what it does. But yeah, that's sort of an updated, newer trolley problem. What What's your view? What What not not view because it's not like an opinion, but like. What's ethics to you? What do you even think of when? Because I, uh, so I should probably full disclosure. I know a little bit about this area. This was my very much what I was interested in, both sort of A levels at school, but also then following on from that, I I did my degree in philosophy and ethics. So I'm coming at this from quite a smug, knowledgeable period where I am the master and you are my student for the day so uh, I apologize in advance for being unbearable this is what my students had to deal with (laughs) me knowing more than them on given topics uh it doesn't it doesn't make for a very pleasant Kate Meeks unfortunately Um, I think that's okay I don't know that much about ethics so my knowledge is um moral dilemmas and questions that you can't really have a correct answer to that's yeah. my thinking yeah. a lot of waffling <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's like going around in circles and circles again and again until you reach the point that you're back at the start where no one can decide what the right answer is that's ethics yeah. to me yeah that's, I mean you've summed it up perfectly so we'll just end the podcast now yeah, and that's everything everything we know about ethics so Ethics is actually the study of moral principles and values that guide our behaviour. So when we're making decisions in life, lots of things we do instinctively, lots of things we do because we've always done them. I think lots of things we do because there are rules in place to say that this is what you're supposed to do and this is what you're not supposed to do. But largely speaking, you know, back in the olden days someone's deciding somewhere what these rules and principles should be and how we should live our lives and whilst we might have a code of ethics that we as society um, all kind of adhere to now actually that code isn't isn't formed it isn't rigid and different people interpret things differently and sort of the benefits of thinking about ethics is as you grow up as a person you you tend to really start to identify values that you that you hold dear rather than just things that you've been told to do or Mm. you know when you're young your values pretty decided by by your parents or by your teachers 
But as you grow older, you want to start thinking about, actually, what do I believe about right and wrong? And that's why I think ethics is really interesting. There's a lot of head scratching, no real solution, (laughs) arguments one way or another, (laughs) Um, can be quite frustrating. Um, Any any students out there that are studying sort of RS or uh, are probably pretty used to this kind of debate. And it's very similar to the skills that you use in debating, really. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say it's very similar to our episode on um, politics. Uh, where we spoke a lot about the same how you know you get it from your parents at first and then you develop uh, your own opinion and your own thoughts and I suppose politics and your ethic ethical beliefs kind of go hand in hand uh, in in one way or another definitely because politics is about as well like governing and governing is about rules and those rules are decided upon based off of right and wrong so Actually, there's a few different schools of ethics, and I'm not going to talk about all of them at all because, you know, this is a finite period of time. But one of those schools of thought is following rules and you agree to certain principles and certain rules like um, do not kill. So even if we go back and we think even biblically, something like the Ten Commandments would be rules that you're supposed to live your life by. And when you agree to those rules, you then make your decisions based off of, am I following those rules? And and to an extent in today's society, that's what laws are. You know, Jack, you shouldn't go around killing somebody largely because you'll get in trouble and you'll go to prison. But that's someone's made that decision that killing is wrong and put a rule in place to stop you know, the um, the average Joe from, from doing that. So yes, so rules-based is called deontological ethics. And essentially there are moral duties, there are rules and there are principles in place that have something that's called intrinsic value. So rightness and wrongness. And you can look at an action and you can think about the rightness and wrongness just based off of what that action is. So so there are certain moral guiding principles that we should all follow. Do not lie, do not steal, do not kill. Those are sort of three off the top of my head. And this very much forms lots of our structures of society, is about having rules. You have rules in place in school about behaviour. But then there's there's other schools of thought as well. So that's deontological ethics. So then the idea of those ones presumably is to keep everyone safe or to keep everyone, um, you know, general, very, very general, broad rules that make for a better society in a very basic way. Exactly. Like. And they're the sort of things where, you know, if you don't want it done to you, don't do it to somebody else. You know, yeah. that kind of makes sense. And rightness and wrongness is is based on on an act. So something like do not kill has no ifs or buts. Now that becomes challenging when you apply this to the ethics of war or when you apply it to things like abortion, capital punishment, um, euthanasia. And we'll yeah. talk a little bit about dilemmas later and we'll probably do some more pods where we'll explore things like that in more detail. But if you have a rule that says do not kill and that is in itself killing is a wrong, bad act, regardless of outcome that is following deontological ethics yeah but then you kind of had a new age of ethical thinking um, which was based on consequences and actually the rightness and wrongness of an act isn't 
isn't based off of a specific thing. There isn't an intrinsic value that killing is wrong. Killing is wrong because the majority of the time it has a, a bad outcome. And we should do, we should make our decisions for our ethics and how we live our lives based off of the outcome of what we do. And I actually think a lot of people probably do this a little bit. They probably, maybe they have the guiding principles of rules in place, like do not lie, but then tell lies if they think actually it's going to have, it's going to be better. It's going to be a better outcome for more people if I've told this lie. Yeah. So this is like consequentialism. And um, it was sort of developed um, into something called the principle of utility, which is essentially that actions should aim to have the greatest overall happiness or well-being. And you should weigh up harm caused and and happiness in when you're deciding on your outcome. So when yeah. we come to these ethical dilemmas, we'll look at them from rightness and wrongness as in obeying a rule or thinking about consequences. Yeah. So like, I suppose... Um, this stealing to feed your family who mm -hmm. are going to starve to death would be that sort of weighing it up and overall it's a good thing to do because you're saving your family's life or you're helping them to eat and the person who you're stealing from perhaps didn't need that extra loaf of bread um, exactly Robin Hood maybe exactly and you see lots of examples where the um so the expression like the ends justify the means so doing something bad to help a better outcome or like the majority outweighing the minority. And mm. the problem with this is if you don't have guiding principles, sometimes that can be really manipulated. So when you see things like torturing a suspect yeah. to try and find out about a plot, you're thinking that the ends justify the means, but yeah. actually you can then sometimes really justify terrible behavior when you haven't been able to accu accurately predict consequence mm -hmm. and predicting consequence is not something that e anyone can just do. You really need to think about long-term impacts and that's very difficult to measure and really weighing up benefit and harm can be really challenging. So actually just following laws yeah. makes a lot of sense for a society to have, have a rule of don't steal or have a rule of don't kill. You don't then need to be like, oh, well, I, I did kill them because I thought they were going to kill you know, those five people or, you know, it becomes a bit more clear cut. Yes. Yeah, definitely. With me so far? I, I think I am. Yeah. So we, we have, we started off with very, very basic rules that, you know, you might have as cavemen. And actually, in my head, we've now developed as humans. We've now got more understanding. We can now weigh things up. We can argue things. <laughs> we now have ways. taxes. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, which out of those two do you reckon you lean towards? Um, I think definitely the second one uh, in that I like to take everyone's opinion, everyone's side and their um, sort of into account and come to my own conclusions and weigh things up. And so I completely side with um, the the overall good idea. So if it's doing if I feel that it's 60 percent overall good, then that wrong is ethically mm -hmm. OK with me. Do you think you would do you think you would? that way of thinking would lead you to break the law ever? Yes, because uh, as you were saying, I was thinking sort of self-defence. Um, mm -hmm. Although uh, whether or not that is breaking the law because you're, you're kind of protected by it being self-defence. But if someone was going to kind of uh, kill me in some way or um, 
maybe a less morbid one if someone was coming to steal from me but i stole their car before they could steal from me for me that's that's weighing out that you know that's the greater good justice has been served in in one way or another um to think of other ways i I could definitely see myself if i was or my family or someone i cared about was starving and the only way i could get food would be through stealing i could definitely see myself doing that for them which in my mind would be justified yeah no i i I, yeah, I tend to, so I I tend to agree with you. I think rules are really useful guidelines, um, but I tend to think about outcomes of what I'm doing. I think lots of us probably do, because yeah. if you just sort of blindly charge into every action, um, and also there's not rules about everything. So many things, so many decisions that you have to make and things that you have to think about and how you treat people. And so again, you can kind of use consequences and consequentialism to funnel that sort of way of thinking I actually used to identify as somebody that practiced virtue ethics um, which is the third one that I'm going to talk about today you didn't even give me that as an option I know I'm I'm sorry I was just teasing (laughs) Um, no so the third the third type of ethics um, and and the first two are the main two so you've got deontological and consequentialism But the third one, virtue ethics, is something that I remember at school being really interested in and thinking this kind of rings true to me. And that's essentially it's a theory that's been um, was introduced by Aristotle. And it's basically that human life is and to live a fulfilled human life. The goal is for something called eudaimonia, which is, you know, very important impressive term but what that means is flourishing and as as people we should always be trying to develop our virtues and develop our character and how and how this links in with ethics really is that if you've got the ultimate goal of becoming a virtuous person and virtues are things like bravery they're things like integrity honesty kindness if you are always developing your virtues, when it comes to making ethical decisions, you've got to think about which virtues would these be developing if I were to take that action. And yeah. also the, the the kind of end goal is to be in a position where you don't really need to think about it because you are a virtuous person. So the actions you are taking are not going to be selfish they're not going to be cruel they're not going to be cowardly because you have developed all of these virtues so I always found that a really interesting way to sort of think about living your life is is if I was to do this I'm doing this because this is brave and and there's something called like the golden mean with virtues and bravery is a really good example because you think of bravery and you think oh yeah that's really really good really great braver the better but actually you can have bravery that is just stupid you know you and and you can also so you have one end which is you know really really reckless and you have another end that is cowardice and in the middle you've got sort of quite this noble bravery about and and so it's about finding that balance and you know being honest for example honesty is a virtue 
But nobody wants to spend any time with somebody that just tells you exactly what they're thinking <laughs> and exactly what they believe at any given moment. Yeah. Sensitivity is also a virtue. And so it's about, I think, cultivating those virtues, trying to live like a fulfilled life, yeah. essentially. And, and that provides your moral code of conduct so it sounds a little bit like a um like video game where you've got all these levels that you want your character to be and you're constantly trying to level them out but not go too high and then yeah this one or to hark back to a previous episode a tamagotchi where you've got to keep the food level fine and the play level fine it's all yeah. that that's exactly you don't want to have too much food because then they'll be greedy and overeat and indulgent but yeah. you don't want them to be starving um, so that's what you've got to do with your virtues so you kind of identify your main virtues and then when you're deciding on these actions you're thinking okay how does this align with who I'm trying to be as a character yeah it's quite interesting as well because that you see quite a lot of that in um, films, books and TV, like um, Harry Potter came to mind, for example, where they're put into different houses based on these virtues. Yeah. And you can see those different types of characters. You can see the the, the stupidly brave uh, in Gryffindor and mm -hmm. the noble brave in Gryffindor, uh, for example. So, yeah, so th those are kind of the three main theories. And now we're going to get to the difficult bit. Because okay. now we're going to talk about some different ethical dilemmas. So dilemma one, Jack. Yeah. A close friend confides in you that they have cheated on a test and asks you not to tell anyone. Instant reaction. What are you doing here? Are you, are you valuing honesty? Yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, Me I'm valuing friendship. Yeah. I, again, be it thinking... As a consequentialist, I suppose, the consequences of, for me personally, of grassing them up, um, mm -hmm. I'm perhaps going to lose that friendship. And so for the my, it's not even for the greater good of society, for my own greater good, I'm possibly thinking that it's better just to keep it a secret uh, and stay on their side. Um, I assume from your nodding, you're thinking the same. Yeah, definitely. I, I, <laughs> I don't find lying that bad. <laughs> <laughs> noted <laughs> i'm 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 partial to a few porkies every once yeah. in a while i mean for someone who likes to lie that probably should have been something that you were lying about like you, you know you could have kept that to yourself <laughs> i could have i could have pretended i was really really truthful never told a lie in my life honestly the amount i exaggerate i basically just talk nonsense anyway so <laughs> <laughs> No, I always feel guilty. I was quite good at school. So um, I like, if I do tell a lie, it will eat me away a little bit. Uh, you know, I will. I, I feel fine about exaggerating things. But yeah. Yeah. So. There has to be some base. I don't think I could just come up with. But I, also, it's a lie of omission. Is that right? A lie of omission? Is that what it's called? Where you're not saying. It's not Sounds about right. act. It's not about actively going and telling a lie. Yeah. You know, it by it's just about not telling the truth yeah <laughs> it's like the fine line <laughs> yeah um do you how do you feel about something like whistleblowing where you've got something like a company is doing something illegal it might harm the public you know do you have a duty to re to report the wrongdoing or do you think you would 
just think it's it's not me doing the wrongdoing or you know what's your kind of take on something like that yeah i think it's very very brave because it's very a very difficult thing to do to whistleblow particularly in the cases you see sort of against your own government um it's you you can't live a normal life after you've done it because they will catch you they will find out that it's you um but if you truly believe you're a whistleblower that that is the right thing to do and it's the you know greater good of society um I think I'd like to think that I'd do it, but I don't think I'd be brave enough to. I think I'm too selfish. I, I, you know, you watch these films and you see the, like, the lengths people go to to expose the truth. And honestly, I am in awe. Yeah. Uh, But I think my instinct is protect the self, protect the family, like the, the unit. So basically, if there are loads of illegal activities going on at this company, guys, you can just tell me because I'm happy to lie about them. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd weigh up what it is. Uh, Like there was, um, I'm going to absolutely butcher this story, but there was um, in the Cold War, uh, a Russian nuclear submarine I want to say pilot, but you don't pilot a submarine, do you? Driver, driver, let's say a driver, a driver who was told to that there were missiles coming the other way and that you had to fire them. And he sort of went against orders and said, no, that doesn't seem quite right that they, they've been sent. So I'm going to hold fire and basically save the world because there wasn't missiles coming. And so he didn't suppress the nuclear button. Um, and so that sort of situation, that's very, very brave. And I'd I love to like, be that guy. Oh, sorry, you clearly would have done it. You would have pressed it oh, yeah. along with the orders. But I... Um, I feel like in that situation, I would because the the, the consequence is so great. Um, whereas if it was like a, a minor lie, like with your friend t- cheating on the exam, for example, then I would never would. So there's somewhere there's a line with me. There's um, also, yeah, there's definitely a line um, with like friendships. You know, I think I, I would also because I would tend to value the friendship over the honesty. But so if it was cheating, a te- cheating on a test, <sighs> no fine cheating on your husband probably still fine um cheating (laughs) (laughs) but if it was doing something like taking drugs unhealthily I mean drugs are never healthy but like as in if 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 there was an issue that was being confided in me but it was a problem and it was damaging to that individual then I think I would that's where I would be like okay I need to I need even if even if this sacrifices the friendship the value is more on like you like your health and I would kind of go like that's where I would not protect the friendship at all costs what about if they murdered someone and they I'm I funnily enough I (laughs) with a couple of my friends I'm on the yeah they've murdered people yeah a few of them um Emily and Charlotte Tasker no that with a couple of my friends I'm on the you'll help me bury the body list <laughs> yeah fair, 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 fair. <laughs> which is terrible that like there's a few people that think that think <laughs> be capable of that um no i definitely am a i'm definitely a, a bury the help bury the body situation i think which is not again like it's not great is it this, yeah, this podcast is being released into the public domain but i think i care for and when i say the self i include my own unit in that so I don't think I'm a I don't think I'm a a really selfish person as is in Kate wants what Kate gets what Kate wants but I think the unit around like my friend my family my husband my friends I would I would do a lot to protect that them I think 
Yeah. Both of our listeners are looking at you in a new light now. Um, <laughs> well, both <laughs> listeners. Do you mean Emmeline and Charlotte Tasker? Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're yeah. They're only listen because they get name checked every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, would, you, would you bury the body? Uh, I probably wouldn't touch the body. Uh, I, if they go, I've killed someone. Do you know any way that's good to bury a body? I might offer suggestions, but I yeah. don't think I'd get involved in looking at the body or touching the body. I'd also want to know. Them? I'd want to know like why they murdered them. Um, mm-hmm. If it's like random, then I'd. I'd yeah, I'm know, assuming yeah. that like these people had it coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think anything would eat away. If, if they go, oh, I've stolen some sweets. Do you want one? I'd, I'd, I'd go, no, I, that would eat away at my conscience. Oh, so I don't yeah, but I you're a wimp. Uh, I'd yeah, be gobbling yeah. them all. I'd be like, you give me half or I tell. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever stolen anything, Jack? Uh, no, I, I, I probably, but not, not, not again, what I would have done is I would have weighed it up in my head. And so I'd have thought like, will they miss this? Or, um, uh, can I tell that story? Yeah, that's not too bad. I, I used to work. <laughs> I used to work at like a, a a charity shop when I was doing my Duke of Edinburgh. You stole from here. charity, Jack. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it, it it does sound bad, doesn't it? But like I worked there for a long, long time, and then one thing came in. I was like, oh, that, that'd be quite good, and it was probably about like forty p. And I, I weighed it up in my head. And I was like, yeah, I've done forty p's worth of work here. I can I can just take that with me. Um and and you can tell, I, this is ages ago, I'm still thinking about it in my head. Yeah, it still, still bothers you. Another one that I used to do, um, I used to work at a hospice because um, I wanted to be a doctor for a long, long time. And that's a different podcast for a different time as to how that didn't work. I'm going to um, say, Jack, you're going to come off very, very well on this pod compared to yeah. me. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, listen to this. I worked at this hospice um, where I kind of make the dinners um, and... You, they, had, they had a three course meal it was brilliant um but one of the the puddings that they always used to get was arctic roll uh so what i'd do is i'd cut it very very thinly for them and then i'd siphon off the other three quarters of their slice of arctic roll because and that, that in my head that was fine because they'd literally never eat it um yeah. so i you know we're not going to waste a full arctic roll um i once which is sort of worse than this I once, we when we were teachers we used to have these tubes when you'd like raise money for Mufti Day and there'd be like yeah. Smarties in the tube and then you had to get like a pound. Yeah. I and the kids were meant to all have the Smarties. I always used to like gobble down the whole <laughs> of the Smartie tube and then be like, right, can I have your pounds for Mufti? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's possibly. I don't know what's worse, stealing from people who are about to die or stealing from children. Neither are ideal. No, um, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think I, I did like, I, I think I stole a few things in my, in my. When I say I think, I mean I know I did. I just don't want to get into too much trouble. But yeah, the odd for me, it was the, it was the thrill. Yeah, I was one of those. I was one of those kind of like you know bored teenager, like got to get my kick somehow. So get that, <laughs> get that lip liner up the sleeve and see if I can walk out of boot, out of boots. Yeah, um, no, I never did that. I mean, the thought of stealing is enough to sort of get my adrenaline going. So that or I could just <laughs> walk around and think, oh, imagine if I stole that. That'd be, whoa. <laughs> That'd be I remember my grandma was done for stealing. Um, and um, she, because she, she had like a dressing gown 
like hooked onto the back of her like it's just like hooked onto her top she'd like walked out and all of the buses had gone off and and all of this stuff and this like little old deer and they're like oh you know don't worry at all like you know we're very apologetic she told me after she was like oh I've tried that trick with loads of different things and something most of the time it works you can just sort of like feign kind of like silly little old lady that's brilliant she taught me to always, when you're doing, now you maybe don't do this, which is, sorry, this, this is a massive gender stereotype here, Jack. So I buy a lot of flowers for the home and you may well yeah. do too. But my grandma used to tell me that um, when you're doing your weekly shop, you you do all of your shopping um, and you're kind of checking it all out and um, with, with like self-checkout and you can keep hold of a bunch of flowers in your arm and forget to check them because yeah. it is perfectly perfectly legitimate if anyone stops you oh my gosh oh i'm so sorry oh <laughs> gosh um oh, i don't know what i was thinking i it was just in my arm the whole time yeah. so yeah obviously i never tried it yeah well i, I, <laughs> I was thinking what well, i don't really want some flowers but what i do could want is like a baguette so I can have a baguette under there. My mum would eat the baguette as she was going around the shops with give some to me and my sister and then she would put the baguette wrapper just on the side. Like oh. I know. Terrible. It runs in your family. That like, was a ha- yeah. I will, yes it is. It definitely because it's my grandma on my mum's side. So yeah. is it any surprise that little little Catherine Meeks as a nipper wants to see what she can get away with? <laughs> um well now we know i'm fine with lying and stealing um yeah. should we move on to another dilemma <laughs> yes i don't know how this one could be worse it should make it well we'll do the bad. we'll do the trolley problem um that you okay. mentioned earlier because this is a very famous one so yeah. you've basically got an instance here and it's all about whether action and and not acting are equally as important and so if you're actively like we spoke about earlier by if somebody's telling you they've cheated on a test are you lying by just not mentioning anything um and and that's kind of what sort of comes in with this and it's also about weighing up um outcomes versus rules so a trolley or i i usually use the example of a train a train is um is on a track and we've got some real baddies and they have put five people on this train track. They've strapped them in. And this train is cartling along. And they are going to be absolutely obliterated. Okay. But there is a side path. There is another track. And if you pull a lever, you can divert the train off the track of the five people and onto a track with one person. So you are actively doing something. You are making a decision. At the moment, you've had no input. You've not set up this train. You've not tied these people. You could leave it, have it run its course. The outcome, obviously, is then five people die. Or you can pull a lever and you can cause the death of one person. I'm pulling the lever, I think, because I think I can dissociate the fact that I've killed that one person with me doing it what i can say to myself and i can believe this story is that i've saved four people because presuming that they're all strangers Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm, again thinking consequentially overall i am have done good here i'm a hero i've saved four people i'm also a lever puller so i'm not judging here I, oh, I knew that already. You, you pull it twice, so you, you know, get the train to come back. Listen, I've set up the train. As well. Yeah. yeah. You're driving it. Yeah. 
<laughs> do do things come into play with that decision if those five people are five men in their 60s and the one girl is a seven-year-old sweet little wide-eyed thing on the track is that cool you know how how do how do our own biases and our own principles about innocence and things like that how do they impact a decision like that yeah I know what you mean because yeah uh, you, you're still you're having to do an action to kill the girl that I think 60 isn't my limit of where I would have said but I can say that uh, like if it was like 80 or 90 then I would perhaps let it kill the five but I think what, what I do is in my head I'd, I'd justify it with like maths where I'd go all right they would average they'd kind of all live perhaps five more years mm -hmm. and so that's five times five 25 this girl's going to live more than 25 years save her so I'd, I'd do it kind of that like that if that makes sense would you do do you think um there's any anything that should be held about these people's values like if you knew more about the people so let's say it's five prisoners and one you, you know like and and yeah this is about how and we're we're this is an episode this is something for another episode but what is the sanctity of human life and and is human life valuable regardless or are, is do we place because i think as society we place higher value on certain lives we definitely do i mean we we you know we see that all the time yeah. so what is your kind of viewpoint of are lives equal or or not um how do you how do you answer this yeah. without getting cancelled yeah that is that is tough one that one i'm gonna talk very slowly and let myself <laughs> think about it before i open my mouth um no uh in that uh you, well all lives are equal in a life is a life so that that's mm -hmm. the bottom line. But then when you d dive into it a bit more, if you've got someone who is older or, you know, has got one year left maximum left to live and you've got this newborn baby, the life that, that you know, you, you'd feel less worse about yourself if the older person died than the it's newborn great baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but obviously not my yeah. grammar. Um yeah, uh, but you, you know what I mean? So, yes, a life is a life, but no, if I'm making a decision, I have to, like certainly in the trolley problem, I have to weigh up differently. Yeah, and you have to do it quickly. And I think this is part, one of the problems with consequentialism, actually, is that weighing things up is really, really challenging because you can throw so many things. What if one of these people, are, what if that one person who's on the one, the single track is you know a doctor who's about you know who's working to cure cancer i mean i'm being very glib with you know how these kind of ethical discussions can go but then is his life more valuable because it has the potential to save lives you know it's it can be very very difficult and you can see why it's sometimes just easier to be like no don't pull the lever because then yeah. you're committing an act that is bad and it's it's nothing to do with you the the five people that are dying you haven't put this train in motion literally yeah i, yeah, I think if it's the the thing that you can add to it is that the people's families are watching around the edge and they know it's you who has done that action and they'll survive and they'll live on uh and so that would probably put the pressure on me to a bit where i then think well 
nothing I can do. I can't possibly pull that lever. Um, yeah, there's no denying it's a high pressure situation. You know, yeah. you're, there's infinite time as well. Part of me would pull the lever just to act, just to be like, I need to act. Yes, yeah. You're to be seen to be doing something so that, yeah. Um, but then I suppose if you, what I was thinking is that the person, the one person, their family's around, but actually you'd also have the four people's family around. Um, so they could probably protect you from the revenge <laughs> of the, <laughs> the one person. Um, well... Have you ever seen, um, there's a a board game that you can get of this called The Trolley Problem where um, you can place down different people and then you kind of put, so you might place, um, it's your own father against um, the person who's going to cure cancer. And then you have to argue against the other person who, which way you should go. And then you add sort of cards to it. So it's your own father, but he's going to be the person who eradicates malaria in Africa. And so then you you wear that, but it kind of builds up and builds up and you decide each way and who wins. Um, it's quite a fun board game. I think it's called the trolley game. or If not, it's a play on that in some way or another. No, that does sound good. Well, I've got lots more of these ethical dilemmas, but I'm conscious of, of time. So we probably need to um, save these for another one in our series where we can go into a bit more depth. Um, yeah. And should we? do you want to move on to uh, Teach Liar? I do. I do. So I've got, uh, I always start this with, I've got some good ones, but that's just my code for, I'm just going to grab my notebook and get them in front of me so I can actually read through them. Um, So three stories. One of them is a lie. Two of them are true. Um, So the first one is man cracks the egg and spoon record by circumnavigating the globe. The second one is uh, Sweden accidentally fire a rocket into Norway. Third one, is 500 pounds of pasta was dumped in New Jersey woods. Do you want to hear them again? Yeah. Man cracks the egg and spoon record by circumnavigating the globe. Sweden accidentally fired a rocket into Norway. 500 pounds of pasta is dumped in New Jersey woods. Okay, so initially I'm thinking I would know about the rocket and then I'm thinking, <laughs> yes, but maybe I wouldn't because I'm not that on top of the news. And maybe Jack is thinking Kate's not going to know, but she's going to think she's going to know. So that one's really challenging me. Yeah. Um, the egg and spoon race, like I just wouldn't, I wouldn't know either way. I mean, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and the 500 pounds of pasta is so random that, that I'm just weird. like, how have you made that up? <laughs> Well, um, I, I, to be fair, I think if I made any of them up, which I obviously I've made one of them up, I think that's weird. Like none of them are normal, are they? So I wouldn't let that rule that one out. Yeah, and they're not even linked. So how are you? Th- how are you going for <laughs> egg and spoon? It's a horrible insight. Warfare, into my mind, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Um, it's like a pinball machine in there. I am going to go with the lie. I really hope I'm not being... I feel like you're playing me like a fiddle. Oh, you! I can just tell you're excited because you know I'm going to go for the lie as the one that... <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's a I, tough one. It is tough. so random. Okay, I'm not going to go with my instinct. Um, okay, the lie is... Oh, I don't know, Jack, and this is really distressing me because I'm taking I can tell you a bit more about not... each story. If you no, want to I more. don't. That makes it worse. <laughs> 
Sweden, Norway, it's a lie. That's true. Absolutely true. Bloody hell. I only heard about it because I looked up weird news. And it's not mainstream thing at all, but apparently they did. They just accidentally fired a rocket at Norway and it just landed, luckily, in the middle of nowhere. Um, so no one was hurt. Um, Egg and yeah, spoon's then, a lie? It is a lie. Yeah, you can't okay. you can't circumnavigate the, sco- the the earth with an egg and spoon. It's got yeah, I didn't really swim. even think about that. I was just too <laughs> distracted by the Sweden Norway and whether I was yeah I was being played like a fiddle, which yeah. I yeah. It's interesting to play the game and kind of put the lie in different positions because yeah. I feel like if you put it first, you you're there's so so many other weird news stories that you hear after you can't quite cling on to it. So that yeah. was my thinking there. But yes, good. I'm glad I won on that one. I have another one prepared for a, for a later podcast um, that I'm actually prouder of, um, the lie, because it is insane. Um, but yeah, you're, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, save that for, save you've got that to listen for next time. Yes, 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 yes. MVP? My MVP is, um, uh, it's coronation related, because as time of recording, okay. um, we're about a week past the coronation. Um, and one of my favourite characters of coron- the coronation or characters of Britain is Prince Louis. Um, Prince Louis makes me <laughs> laugh every time I see him. He does the most normal things, but in the most funny and adorable ways. Um, he ha- he got kind of taken away from the coronation at one point to have a bit of a break, um, which I think was adorable. Um, after, on the bank holiday Monday, he went to volunteer um, with some scouts and he got to drive a digger and almost tip the digger over, killing um, the future uh, heir to the throne, uh, Prince William. Uh, in the meantime, he um, someone made him a s'more, and he took one bite of it and then pretended to faint. He's just brilliant. He's comedy gold. The kid. Um, I, really I wish funny. he could become king. I, I, mean, I don't want there to be an absolute catastrophe in the royal family. But if there was a way where he could become king without that happening, that would be brilliant. That's a really good one. Mine's um, <laughs> really different. So my. <laughs> So my MVP, oh gosh, I seem like such a loser now. My MVP of the week is actually Aristotle. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> no, um, go on. He, no, so I, I actually like Aristotle. So okay, actually, can nobody like do any kind of fact checking on him? I don't want to hear about <laughs> his horrible behaviour. Okay, all I know yeah. about Aristotle, Aristotle is what I learned about in school. And from that perspective... He was such an important figure. Aristotle really, really cultivated um, so many schools of thought, science, logic, ethics, politics. He was really, really influential. He went on to set up his own school um, and he was the teacher of Alexander the Great. But he he had he was so influential in these fields, like actually unbelievable. When you think of figures now, and that you you might be a real expert in in science or in medicine or um or in in politics but the fact that he l- lay the groundwork for so many of these schools of thought was is a long time ago and it's yeah it's just really impressive and so many of our own kind of political structures and ethics and you know the way that we study things in science kind of using empirical observation that was all sort of started with him and what a great trendsetter so i mean that is much more of an intelligent pick than mine i picked uh well i pick yours i I prefer 
Yeah, I prefer <laughs> Prince Louis uh, as well. So we'll agree that you win. You win both features this week, Jack. So Excellent. I hate you. Excellent. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, as as always, if you've got anything that you want to contribute to the podcast, please do get in touch podcast at minervavirtual.com you can find out more about everything that we do at uh, on our instagram as well which is um, minerva virtual and yeah watch us on spotify so you get the full extended version with mine and jack's facial features and reactions in real time I didn't know that was a thing. I, I've not been making the correct faces for that. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> what? You mean you don't watch us on Spotify? I mean, on uh, on YouTube, Jack? <laughs> no, no, no. I have to now. And I'll, I'll look back and think, oh, I've definitely zoned out there. I've definitely, yeah. yeah. And you pick your nose way too much. You know, it's just, it's uh, yeah. it's really disconcerting. It really distracts me when I'm trying to be professional over here with my, yeah. with my thieving and my lies. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to YouTube to watch me my nose That's yeah <laughs> well we will um we will be back uh next week next week's podcast is on jack you can update me because i haven't got the schedule in front of me it is on science it's Woo! another sciencey themed one um so yes um learning about a well, i won't give too much away but learning about somebody that you may not have heard of or know a lot about um and we're kind of dissecting it and um nice yeah, well, term yeah, dice- yes, dissecting it and getting into yeah. the uh, cells and atoms <laughs> of it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that brilliant teaser, thank you very much for listening and we will see you next week. 